raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It's Thursday, September 28th, five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And coming up, we're going to get to more debate stuff. But first, the auditor of the state, Tara Klutz, whose operating tile was recently changed, has submitted her resignation to Governor Holcomb. They don't even hide it anymore, Casey. These people are gross, and they think so little of you, and and this is the danger. See, when we talk about if you vote red no matter what, because, well, we can't have a Democrat in there, something really bad might happen. This is what we talk about when we say you cannot do that because these people use and abuse you, and they are so arrogant about this now They don't even hide it anymore. And what I'm talking about is these establishment stooges, of which Tara Klutz is one, just like Connie Lawson before her in the Secretary of State's position is one, quitting in the middle of their term, not for any sort of serious undisclosed or a disclosed health reason, or I'm on death's door, or some emergency that I must tend to 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They quit in the middle of their term so that the governor can appoint a hand-picked, preferred, liked stooge to have a giant head start for the next two years in running for re-election. Okay, so she's been in this position for 20 years, and she says that it's been challenging, rewarding, and the opportunity of a lifetime. It's allowed her to travel the state and meet many Hoosiers, but she is excited about her next chapter, which means spending more time with family and friends and returning to a career in the private sector. Okay, so but think about this, Casey. She was just re-elected in 2022. Last year, she just started, she just started her new term. Mm -hmm. So if you were a person who was like, eh, great example, Casey, we all know, our audience knows, there was a point in my life where I was ready to be a state senator, Mm -hmm. and I had hundreds of people ready to go storm the Bastille. And you know what? I woke up one day and I said, before I decided to run, I'm not sure I want to do this for four years. Yeah. I'm not sure I want to put 24 hours a day, seven days a week into this. Going back to radio sounds kind of fun. And if I'm not 100% committed to doing this 24 hours a day, seven days a week on behalf of the people who elect me, I cannot in good faith even start the process. And so what they do? I didn't run. Right. So what you're saying that she should have made this decision before? We're, we're not even a year into this term, Casey. Mm-hmm. You'd think if you had some itch to get back into the private sector, yeah. you probably would have scratched that before you ran for re-election. But here's what happens. And she is going to an undisclosed location in the private sector, according to Nikki Kelly. So again, not ill, not some family thing she has to take care of. She is gonna be making a boatload of bucks wherever she decides to to go somebody called her and said hey so she wins because well she hasn't done anything controversial and nobody's mad and then they go hey this job opened up over here wouldn't you like to get out now Mm -hmm. 
and then Holcomb gets to make the choice, yeah. and then for the next three years, no matter who the governor. So let's talk about what the state auditor does, okay? I know I worked there for three of them. Not one, not two, but three state auditors in nine months. The state auditor disperses the revenue to the municipalities, to agencies of government. They don't actually audit anything. Now, it's it's called comptroller now, I think, is the the title, but Mm -hmm. job description the same, whatever. They are in charge of dispersing funds to the municipalities and the state of Indiana. If you have a state auditor who does not want to play ball with the governor, they can make that candidate or that sitting governor's life a living hell. I know, Casey. I worked there. I watched two different people get appointed to that position. I know how the game's played. So if you think this is a coincidence that this is happening now, ahead of a time where it is very likely that someone who is at least, whatever you think about Braun, he is not in the little feel-gooder club Mm -hmm. in the... In the Republican Party, now, he has voted for the tax increases, et cetera, when he was in the assembly, and that was gross. But the two front runners amongst the conservative wing of the Republican Party are Curtis Hill, who, by all accounts, grows more popular by the day. We were at that meeting the other night. Curtis Hill was the overwhelming favorite of those people in that room, and those are all the sort of people who vote in Republican primaries. Curtis Hill and Mike Braun, isn't that wild and wacky that right ahead of that, Holcomb gets to pick whoever the hell he wants for the next three years mm-hmm. to make that person's life potentially a living hell. No, you don't think, I mean, uh, this is 20 years she's been doing this. You don't think that not this could be- Not the state, Casey! It's not self-imposed term limits? She has not been the state's auditor or comptroller or whatever it's called now for 20 years. She just ran for re-election. If your thing was- Hey, I've done this for, let's say last year, it would have been 19 years. 19 years, and I've had enough of this, and I'm out. Nobody'd blame you. Thanks for your service, sister. Good luck in your future endeavors. She just ran for re-election, and you will now take of one of the statewide office holders, and when I worked as a state auditor, they drove the vehicle labeled Star 4, so in the line of succession in our state government, the fourth most important person in state government. You have now taken that vote away from seven, well, not seven million people can vote. There's seven million people in the state. Sure. Four million people. Mm-hmm. And you have given it to one guy, Lord Eric the Red, Lockdown McGee, High Tax Holcomb, and this crap happens over and over and over and over again. It's the same crap they tried with Connie Lawson a couple of years ago, where she quit in the middle of the term. Now, that blew up in their face because Holcomb is so hated by the Republicans that the Republican Party said, we'd rather have a complete buffoon and a moron in Diego Morales in there than Holcomb's hand-picked toady in, uh, oh, what the hell was her name? doesn't matter anymore. She sucked at her job and she's not the secretary of state anymore. Well, I, I, you're kind of begrudging her for potentially making more money. No, I'm begrudging her for telling 7 million people I want this job and crisscrossing the state and campaigning for the job and less than one year later going, I'm out. Yeah. No, I have no problem that she wants a job. I want to know what the job is in the private sector. I want to know how she got that job in the private sector because, Casey, let's go way back in the time machine, shall we? I mean, a little history how lesson How far here. back are we going? Beep, beep, <laughs> beep. Like, it's like a Marty McFly here. Let's go back to 2016 mm-hmm. when Mike Pence was up for re-election and had very terrible polling numbers mm-hmm. and was despised by this state and was about to get his ass handed to him by John Gregg. 
And Sue Elsperman, who, who was his lieutenant governor at the time, said, you made this bed, Palsky, with mm-hmm. your terrible policies and your generally unlikable demeanor by most of the state. You can sleep in it. I'm not going negative to save you. Well, magically, Casey, she becomes the most qualified person in the entire state to lead Ivy Tech. Boy, look who won the pony, right? Mm-hmm. Seven million people in the state of Indiana, and it just so happens that the lieutenant governor who doesn't want to play ball with the governor's plan to negatively campaign is the most qualified person, which means she gets out. And who took his place? Her place? Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Eric Holcomb. Mm-hmm. This this crap goes on. Holly Sullivan. That was the lady's That's name. That's her name. Gosh, that was driving me crazy. Yeah, we had a big flyer for her oh, in here for a while. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh and they're doing it at the local level where these senators and these state house members are quitting in the middle of their terms and the precinct committeemen are, are picking these replacements. Like five? Yes. Five openings? They are, ste- they, are, they are stealing the right to vote for representation from the people. Tara Klutz is a joke and an embarrassment, and she should be totally ashamed of herself for, for doing this. And she can do it, and she's going to get away with it, but we are going to shame her at every opportunity for this because this is deliberate, it's by design, it keeps happening over and over and over again, and it is not a coincidence. It's 14 after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So none of the candidates last night in the second GOP primary debate seemed to really hammer Bidenomics. Like, I didn't feel like anybody was really consistent on an economic message, but we're going to hear more clips from more of the candidates. And we also have voicemails coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. That young man's name is Kevin. It's 18 after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Can we just say how great Kevin is that he made a liner, which tens of thousands of people hear all the time, that just devalued himself as a human. No, He's got a good self, yeah. you know, yeah, that's, self-deprecating that's, humor. Yeah, that's called humility. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. Okay, so for the past couple of weeks, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, he's been making a lot of TikTok videos. Oh. He's been posting videos that show, quote, a day in the life oh, yeah. on the campaign trail. Uh-huh. And then last night during the debate, at one point, he commented that he didn't think people should be on social media who are younger than 16 years old. So it's kind of like, you know, you're saying one thing but doing the other. Well, he's not younger than 16. He's not younger than 16, but there was a heated argument oh. between him and uh, Nikki Haley because she was having none of it. There's one person on this. This is infuriating because TikTok is one of the most dangerous social media apps that we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. Because I can't believe they hear you've got a TikTok situation. What they're doing is these 150 million people are on TikTok. That means they can get your contacts. They can get your financial information. They can get your emails. They can get text messages. They can get all of these things. This is very important. Exactly what they're this doing. This is very important and what for our we've party, seen and I'm going to say you've it. gone and you've we helped China stop. build make medicines in China, excuse not America. Me. Excuse you are me. now wanting kids to go and get on the social media that's dangerous for all of us. You went and you were in business with the Chinese that gave Hunter Biden $5 million. We can't trust you. We so can't me, trust you. We can't have TikTok in our kids' lives. I can't anymore. That was just completely unproductive. They were just yelling at over one another. Vivek was saying that he was trying to reach the younger voters, something that the Republican Party needs to do she uh she got some terrible advice because well nothing makes men not want to support you faster than being 
a woman screeching mm-hmm. at another man. Yeah. Like, uh, some people are going to be offended I'm saying that, but it's just the truth. That, it, it was grating. Yeah. W- women are, I'm sorry, look, women are held to different standards than men by a lot of male voters, and they're going to hear that and go, boy, that reminds me of somebody I didn't have a pleasurable experience with. <laughs> so another part during the debate, uh, Ron DeSantis was calling out Donald Trump. We we talked about it earlier in the week, Donald Trump's uh, pro-life statements, how he was saying he, yeah. nobody nobody's done more for the pro-life movement yeah. than Donald Trump, but then he was disagreeing with Ron DeSantis on the six-week heartbeat ban. And um, so here's what Ron DeSantis had to say. And I reject this idea that pro-lifers are to blame for midterm defeats. I think there's other reasons for that. Uh, the former president, um, you know, he's missing in action tonight. He's had a lot to say about that. He should be here explaining his comments to try to say that pro-life protections are somehow a terrible thing. I want him to look into the eyes and tell people who've been fighting this fight for a long time. Okay, so after the debate, Ron DeSantis was speaking with Sean Hannity, and he said he offered, hey, I want to do a one-on-one debate with Donald Trump. Oh. And do you think Donald Trump will he, – he won't. No, why would he? Yeah. I mean, he was proven exactly correct that the Republican Party – is a clown show. They're a clown show at the national level. Clearly, like, look at the Marion County GOP and the people around Shreve. That's a clown show. The Democrats in this state are so inept, and it sucks, that even though the state party is a clown show, they're able to win because people look at the Democrats and go, those people are complete lunatics, so we can't have that. Like, the party stands... What? what this is the question we asked Jim Merritt earlier. Mm-hmm. What does the Republican Party stand for? I I don't know. I'm not talking about what's on a piece of paper. Well, I know what they'll tell you it stands for. Right. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying the voting yeah. record. Like, take the state of Indiana, for example. What What is the voting record of the Republican Party? Now, to the credit of the Republican Party in Indiana, on the life issue, they've been pretty good. That abortion bill was pretty strong. But fiscally— mm-hmm. Big taxes, big government, big spending, big growth of government. And that sort of mirrors where the Republican Party is nationally. I think the Republican Party has been pretty good on the issue of life nationally. But when you look at economics, big government, big spending, Democrats, Republicans, they're the same thing. It's just different people benefit from the programs they put forth and, and propose. And so it's like what? Why would I be fired up to vote for any of you people? And we talked with Hammer earlier. He's he's right. DeSantis is by far the most competent one on the stage. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. Like when you look at the record, you yep. look at the appearance, you look at the, the policy proposals, the policy accomplishments, which is the biggest. He is runs circles around all of those people on stage. Yet he's generally unlikable. But do you want somebody who's likable? And fun? Or do you want somebody who's going to get the job done? What do I want or what do the people want? Well, yeah, exactly. Okay, so, you know, Ron DeSantis has this debate coming up with Gavin Newsom. Yep. And Gavin Newsom last night was saying that this is the JV game. They're all vying for second place because at the end of the day, it's going to be Donald Trump and one other person. And by all accounts, that one other person probably will be Ron DeSantis unless something happens because, you know, he was leading to begin with and then he's slowly gone down. Mm -hmm. I think last night didn't hurt him. It probably helped him a little bit. Uh, But Dana Perino asked him, 
What is your mathematical path to victory? Let me ask you something. Then if you won't answer that question, let me ask you this one. What is your mathematical path, Governor DeSantis, in order to try to beat President Trump, who has a commanding and enduring lead in this race? So polls don't elect presidents. Voters elect presidents. And we're going to take the case of the people in these early states. We're going to do it in a state-by-state direction. And why? Because as Reagan said in his day, this is our time for choosing. We are not getting a mulligan on the 2024 election. Republicans have lost three straight elections in a row. We were supposed to have a red wave with inflation at 9%. It crashed and burned. Not in Florida, it didn't. We delivered it in Florida. And so we've got to choose right. We've got to win. And we need somebody that's going to be able to serve two terms. So in January of 2023, they'll be able to address the nation saying we turned the economy around, we secured the border, and we fended off the threat from communist China. As your president, I will get that job done. Did you like his golf reference there? <sighs> it's fine. His answers were fine. They were good. It's just, here's where he's at. Sometimes men will find with women. Now, you would not know this because you've been happily married for... 39 years? 25. 25 years. So you would not know this, but men who have been in the dating game in recent history, since the Bush administration, (laughs) will find, and and agree with this, sometimes a woman is just not into you. And it doesn't matter what weight you gain or lose, Mm -hmm. what promotion you might get at work, what new haircut you throw on. Hey, I'm really going to impress her this time. And for all the youngsters that are listening out here that are, you know, high school or college age, uh, that's just the way it works, guys. Sometimes she's just she's just not that into you. And in the case of Ron DeSantis, you think that's what it is. I just I, I just think, you know, we've talked about this. Ron DeSantis is the guy with the good job, mm-hmm. uh, dresses nice, yep. uh, real stable family environment. Mm-hmm. You look at Ron DeSantis and say, wow, he'd be a wonderful father for my future children. <laughs> and Trump is the guy with the, all the tattoos and has done multiple stints in the county lockup <laughs> and travels by motorcycle and hey, no. <laughs> uh, is, uh, is you, you don't exactly know what he does for a job, um, may often be. Uh, less than admirable in terms of his faithfulness, but there's just something. (laughs) He does something to the heart, Well, that's, he does something to something. I'm not not sure it's the heart. Yeah, well, and that's it. The heart wants what the heart wants. Okay, so let's uh, close out our debate talk for today with the worst part. Thankfully, they saved it to last. They didn't open the show with this. Who should get voted off the island? None of you have indicated that you're dropping out. So, which one of you on stage tonight should be voted off the island? Please use your marker to write your choice on the notepad in front of you. 15 seconds starting now. Of the people on the stage, Are you who serious? should be vo- I'm all absolutely serious. That, with all due respect, I mean, we're here. Like, you know, we're happy to debate, but I think that that's disrespectful to my fellow competitors. Nobody wants, yeah. to, so. nobody wants to participate. Let's do some questions. Let's talk about the future of the country. I, I, Horrible. It was awful. It was so cringy, and I was so pleased with Ron DeSantis saying, you know what? No, we're here running to govern this country. This isn't a game show. All right, Casey, yeah. I'm going to hit you with this. You have no idea I'm about to say this, but can I have a couple minutes when we come back? I know we have voicemails. Yeah. 
But unless there are just earth-shattering voicemails, <laughs> I had a conversation with a high school student yesterday. Okay. And it was so insightful into the public indoctrination factory that is mm. taking place in our public schools in central Indiana. It is a mind-blowing conversation, and I was just too lazy to put it on the template because I'd already closed <laughs> out the template by the time I had this conversation. But you knew you could make And I know we have voice You're calling too. an audible. Uh, well, I, 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 it was I'm just, here for it. This kid actually knows what the hell's going on, and the stuff he told me is unbelievable. All right, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. See. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. The phone number 317-684-8444 if you'd like to participate and give us your thoughts with voicemails with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And we'll get to a couple of phone calls in just a minute. But first, you've got a story, huh? Well, as you know, with my other job, because I make a vast fortune working here, that mm-hmm. just for fun, I decide instead of being home with my wife and baby, I just want to go work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I am in charge of some younger members of society and uh, oftentimes we will uh, they will have some downtime and they will be in the uh, office with me and we will I will try to take that opportunity to find out what the hell they actually know about life and what our public What's education system sure. is teaching them and I've, we told the story about how I've taught these kids about the the pay stub and the last girl what I, FICA means yeah the last girl I taught the pay stub to she told me she went to her grandpa and said, you're stealing my money for Social Security and Medicare. And he goes, how the heck did you know that? And then she proceeded to tell him about the fabulous guy in the pro shop. And then she said he brought her a Medicare booklet to read. Oh, wow. So we have done, we do, I do more in my second job for educating kids about how our government works and how taxes work Mm -hmm. than the public education system does you need to start offering a civics class there on the golf course? Uh, I bet people would sign up for that. I, well, these kids, or they would, or people would ha- sign their children up for it. I mean, it is it is pathetic that these kids who are clearly very bright kids. You talk to them; they're smart. They have no concept of, of how this stuff works. It's not we, taught in school. No, it's not their fault. It's not being taught to them. So, I don't know if you noticed, Casey. It was a bit of a wet day yesterday, mm-hmm. and so I didn't have many patrons out. And the kid that was working there was in there, and we start just shooting the breeze about whatever. And I could tell very quick, this kid was like super hip to what's going on Mm -hmm. in society. It was like, almost like talking to a version of myself when I was 16, 17 years old. You zeroed in on it. Yeah. So I could figure out quick, this kid's going to be fun to have a conversation with. So I just straight up asked him, I said, you know, how bad is it in the public school system? What grade is he in? I think he's a Junior, okay. I think. I don't know that for sure. Probably but I think, driving. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And and um, and he he can drive. I don't think he does drive, but he can. Um, which again, smart kid, right? Use your parents' gas. Sure. Uh, but he has all the concept <laughs> of how the taxes work, and he has the concept of you know how the government works, and he's you know 
clearly on the right side of what's going on. And so finally, I just straight up, I said, how bad is it in the public school system with the teachers and the indoctrination? And he said, there are many teachers I have that I have no idea what their political opinion is, and I'm aware to know when they're trying to indoctrinate me. Wow. Now, it's great parenting, and I'll get to that in a second. But he said there are many teachers that the indoctrination takes place not directly. Like, they don't come out and say, hey, Trump sucks and communism is great, right? They're not telling the kids, Mm -hmm. I'm a Marxist. But he said, it is very clear to me because I have been taught what to look for. It's probably so subtle. It is very passive aggressive Mm -hmm. from these teachers. And he said, English class is the worst of them all. He said, we write and do things that have absolutely nothing to do with English. When I was in English, it was sentence structure and verbs and nouns. Oh, no, no, no. It's it's just papers now, Casey. Mm. And it's about feelings. Mm -hmm. And he said... If you are a kid of my age and you are not hip because of good parenting to what's going on and what to look for, he said it is very, very easy for these kids to get completely indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. And unless you are a parent who is engaged, you will have no idea what's happening to your kid because the teacher does not have a BLM flag flying or a pride flag flying in their classroom. But the teachers know exactly what they're doing, and they do it, as you said, in a very subtle, Mm -hmm. passive-aggressive way that you've got these kids thinking a certain way, and they don't even know they're thinking a certain way. They just are because that's how it's being taught to them. Well, they're just trying to complete the assignment and get a yeah. good grade for the most part. But what it, what was interesting to me, and this is this kid, this good head this kid has on his shoulders, is he told me, he said, I have a government teacher or a history teacher, one of them, where you would think the indoctrination would be strong. He said, I've kind of looked up enough on my teacher to know what their opinion is. But in this classroom, I don't know what their opinion is. And he said, that's that, the way, it, that's should the way it should be. Yes. That's and so the way it should be. I was saying, and that's the way it was when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I had very strong Democrats who were my history and government teachers. I knew because they told me, because as you might guess, Casey, I engaged in different conversations than the other kids. Yeah. But though I knew their their political opinions because they told me, I got A's in the classroom because my opinion was rooted in, or knowledge of history or opinion on government was rooted in factual basis, logical thinking, and they never punished me for an opinion that was different than theirs. And so that has changed dramatically. And so I asked this kid, I said, you know, just I said, how do you know all of this? And mm-hmm. he told me about his parents and I'm not gonna go into any of that, but it turns out his dad is a huge fan of this station and this show. And his dad actually came to get him and was super nice. And we had a very long, uh, fun conversation. And so my point on all of this is that parenting makes a huge difference. And parenting and being involved in your kids' education, where I have this kid, who his IQ is probably not any higher than the other two kids. So these kids are really smart kids. Like you talked about their grades and their straight-A students. He's just been made aware. He has been made aware. Where these mm-hmm. other kids are looking at this going, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This kid is fully aware because his parents engage him every single... And his parents are not outward about their beliefs. Like if you didn't know the parents, they're not grenade throwers on social media or showing up to local tea party events. And I'm looking at this going, this, I have to talk to my audience about this, our audience about this, because... The difference here Mm -hmm. is they have taught him this. Mm -hmm. 
and the other parents doesn't mean they're bad parents. It just means either because they don't know or haven't had the ability to. Or they're not engaged. Right. They're not to engage. You have to engage. If you're just because your kid goes to an award-winning, award-winning mm-hmm. public school, mm-hmm. that is not good enough. It is not good enough because your kid goes to some suburban school to think that that you do not have to engage. You must engage. Well, you said English class. I bet you there are plenty of people listening right now who have a high school student Mm -hmm. who has an English class, has to write some paper, some essay, and they disappear up in their bed. What are you doing? I've got to go write my essay Mm -hmm. for English class. All right, cool. Dinner's in a half an hour or, okay, after practice, whatever, you'll get to it. And they disappear. They write the letter. They turn it in or write the essay, turn it in. Parent has no idea what the topic was or what the grade was or what the position of that paper from their child was. But here's what it tells me is we can beat the public education system. Mm. We don't have to surrender. We don't have to wave the white flag and say we must retreat and everybody go to a private school. You can send your kid to public school and they can still be productive members of society. And that is how we're going to beat the public education system is to engage it and try to take it head on to the school board races, et cetera. You can't just pull out and disengage or you don't have to, at least. This kid knew what was going on and knew how to cut through all the bull crap. And he's a straight A (laughs) student because his parents taught him what to look for. It's the same way I grew up, Casey. Mm -hmm. If your parents engage with you and educate you and force you to work through your thoughts and your feelings and and ask you what you learned each day and challenge you on that, you can still win. It was so refreshing yesterday, Casey. It was so refreshing. (laughs) It is 1141 with Kendall and Casey on 90. WIBC. Let's get to uh, as many phone calls as we can. We have to save time for Abdul. He's going to join us. We're going to sneak peek on some polling maybe. Uh, So we got a question. Uh, Actually, somebody called a few comments about the debate and had a a wish that Ron DeSantis would not only debate Gavin Newsom, but also Eric Holcomb. One of the things I would love to see is Ron DeSantis challenge Eric Holcomb to a debate. And the reason I say that is, it kind of sounds a little weird, but the reason I say that is because I I think it'd be great to see how two red state governors, people get to see the difference nationwide. We put Eric Holcomb on a national stage. We put, he has to defend every single dictatorial lockdown, big government tax and spend uh, proposal he made. Well, DeSantis can say, go ahead and contrast that to Florida and say, hey, plenty of Hoosiers came to Florida when you locked everything down. Some of... Maybe some of them came back, but if you didn't think about it, if you think about it, Eric, a lot of them haven't. And I also think he should go ahead and press Holcomb in a hypothetical debate on the fact that while DeSantis has fired left-wing prosecutors who don't do their job, um, Eric Holcomb has yet to come up with the political courage or the willpower or desire to fire and suspend Ryan Mears, the prosecutor of Marion County. Now, if there's something in the state constitution that allows Eric Holcomb to do that, he should grow his spine and do it. Okay, there's no way Eric Holcomb's going to do that. For one, there's no need for him to debate. Uh, but he he told us yesterday, he's comfortable with all of his decisions. Sure. He sleeps well at night. Yeah, he is comfortable with what he did during COVID. I love that idea, though. Uh, do we have time for one more? We have time for one more, Kevin. Let's skip down to the one that's uh, actually for you, Distinguished Gentleman. 
uh, as Kevin is in oh. charge. You know, Kevin's a fabulous producer. Oh, yes. He does an amazing Great dresser, job. dresser, nice teeth, uh, accomplished musician. Mm-hmm. If you're a single lady, Kevin is really the catch you should be looking for. But somebody called uh, and suggested that we watch this movie and think maybe Kevin can get some clips from it. Hey, listening to your guys' show made me think of the 1992 comedy with Eddie Murphy, a distinguished, uh, distinguished gentleman. So if you hadn't watched that in a while, which I'm sure you haven't, go ahead and give it a give it a look, and you'll have a lot of new fun sound bites that you can play because it's basically highlighting the idiocy of our government right now. <laughs> have you seen that movie? I have not. I haven't seen it in a long time. Well, maybe we'll. you can watch it again for me. <laughs> okay. All right, Abdul's going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Gambling in Havana. I took a little risk. Send lawyers, guns, and money. WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here, and as we do each Thursday, what a better way to close out the show. I can't think of one. He's an author, he's a broadcaster, he's a provocateur. The one and only Abdullah Keep Shabazz. Hello. My head hurts from watching that debate last night. Boy, that was tough, wasn't it? <laughs> Did you stay up for the whole thing? I watched the whole oh, thing. Painful. Uh, would you have liked to have been voted off the island? Yes. Yeah, me too. I, I, I voted myself off that island. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll tell you this is, thank God I had edibles, because I, I had to have something to get through that thing. Uh, all right, I'm curious for you, because I know you're not voting for Trump in the primary, but do you have a favorite? Or I, do you have, I've not heard anything from you about this. Do you have someone that you like? Mm, well, it's, it's, sort of, it's sort of like, do I want to get hit in the head with a with a yeah. two-by-four hammer? Either mm-hmm. way, I'm still getting hit in the head. Sure. I, I would have to say, if there, if there was a quote-unquote winner uh, in last night's debate, I would say it had to be Nikki Haley because she didn't really screw up anything. And of course, I did like the line she used. She quoted from Billy Madison mm-hmm. to Viva Check Waswami. And every time I listen to you, it makes me dumber. Yeah. Uh, hey, so what's the deal with the makeup? A lot of them looked very dead. Did you see how pale Greg, or not, not Greg Pence, Mike Pence looked? Uh, okay, thank you. Yeah. Right. Like, and people were saying this all over social media. Am I wrong? I, so I'm not the only one who looked at Pence and. I'm not sure if it was the makeup or the lighting. I think, I think it was both. Yeah. Because looked, I, I, he, I think I think the lighting was different in Simi Valley than it was uh, when they did the the last uh, debate. Mm-hmm. So I think I think the lighting had something to do with it. And you, people people also got to remember too that when you're on television, you have to assume the camera is always on you and your microphone is always on because mm-hmm. that way you don't because when you do that you don't make stupid uh, stupid uh, errors and stupid mistakes. So Pence looked particularly terrible though. And look, I'm totally biased against Pence, but I mean he's normally a pretty 
good-looking older man. I mean, oh, he, well, the, he was well, horrible. Well, the thing that got me with Mike was when the Mike used to one line, well, I've been sleeping with a teacher for 30 years. Like, oh, my, what <laughs> yeah. the hell are you talking about? <laughs> that felt really flat. Yes, it did. Yeah. Uh, Dude, just like just like Chris Christie, Donald Duck. Like, oh, my God. Like, what I'm consultants gonna, told you guys to say this stuff? They got, they're going on a comedy tour if this presidential thing doesn't work out. <laughs> well, we were, to, we were talking about this. You and I were off air. This is a train wreck. And Casey and I talked about this earlier on the show. The whole thing's a train wreck. And the the Republican Party, the RNC, they're to blame because they set up this format that it's a train wreck. Yeah, and didn't Rona Ronna McDaniel just give herself a raise? Like, this woman needs to be fired for setting this up. She needs to be fired for a whole bunch of things. Yeah, as, 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 as I sat there and watched the debate, and like I said, uh, Nikki Haley, I guess she she won. But like I like I texted you guys this morning, I was like, you know what? Saying you won the Republican debate last night is like being declared valedictorian in summer school. Yeah. At the at the end of the day, what do you really get out of all this? Uh, Abdul is here. You have a big announcement. The polling is in. Uh, yes, uh, we got our polling results in last night. Uh, uh, it's a lot of data. I'm going to be going through it. Uh, what I can say right now is there are a lot of undecideds out there. And I think it's probably enough undecideds to make a difference uh, in this election. Uh, Joe Hogshead is doing well in place. I didn't expect Joe to do well. And Jefferson Shreve is doing well in place. I didn't expect him to do well either. Uh, but I'm going to take the weekend, just uh, sort of dissect all, all the numbers, and we'll start releasing the poll results on Monday. And you will be back with us 10.06 on Monday to go over the poll results. Now, I know the poll results, but as you have known for many years, when you tell me something, I, you can totally trust me. Not to tell, well, not to tell people on this radio show. (laughs) And so based on that, without giving away the poll results, isn't it a matter of what we've kind of been saying on this show, which neither of these candidates are giving people a reason to believe in them? Um, unless you're a hard, uh, unless you're a hardcore partisan, you'll always vote Democrat. You'll always vote Republican. Uh, it, it, it is interesting to see how, how big the undecideds are. And the, and the undecideds aren't concentrated in one tenth of those, so literally, yeah. literally all over so, Marion County. So it gives credence to what we have said from the beginning, which is Shreve's opening salvo of law-abiding gun owners suck appears to be biting him in the ass with the people that he should be winning with. It's, it's not helping, I'll put it that way. Okay, very good. So Monday, you will be with us. Yep. All the results. You pulled on uh, the mayor's race. You pulled on downtown. You pulled on the council. Uh, I'm gonna be, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be releasing results Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, so definitely Monday we can talk about the mayor's race and a little bit about downtown and the city council. All right, I want to ask you about etiquette for a quick, a quick second here because I know if we talk about Holcomb, I'm just going to get mad and we're just going to scream at each other. <laughs> and we've already covered the Holcomb <laughs> stuff today. All right, so Jack Sandlin unexpectedly passes away. He's a state senator south side of Indianapolis, and he was a member of the city county council before that, a universally respected member of government, um, a guy that even if you didn't disagree with him, you probably didn't dislike him. And there's a caucus to replace him, as seems to be happening more and more these days for people who are willfully leaving, not passing away. And John Jacob, who is a state rep, has already announced I'm running before the funeral has even taken place. The funeral it, is the funeral is tomorrow Friday. Yes. The the visitation is tonight. The funeral's uh Friday, the burial is Saturday. And that idiot John Jacobs, what he decided to do was the the day literally the the day that uh Jack Sandlin died. Uh, put out on social media, I'm going to run for a seat. Anybody have a piece, a list of precinct committeemen? Okay, so we've had we've had John on the show before. I like a lot of John's views, but that aside, that is poor etiquette, right? Maybe we, we should ask Susan tomorrow on the uh, Mind Your Manners segment yeah. to announce you're running before someone has had their funeral. 
that is bad. Is that bad form in politics? Well, let's ask Kurt Nicely because Kurt Nicely did the exact same thing when when Jackie Walorski passed away uh, due to the traffic accident. Nicely, the the day after Jackie, it wasn't even she hadn't been no identified the body yet, and the bastard was like, "Hey, I'm going to run for like what the hell are you doing?" Yeah. So it sounds like it is poor etiquette then. Yes, yes, it is, it is very poor etiquette. All you got to do, for example, uh, I have a, I have a list of people who are thinking about running, but they all ask Abdul, could you wait until after funeral? Like, yeah, because that's what you should do. Because when you start putting people's names out there, you're gonna have issues and, and the whole nine yards. It but- seems like pretty decent, a uh, pretty decent thing to do. Why? Yeah, why? Um, why do people sometimes struggle with that? I mean, it seems like a pretty straightforward thing. We'll let this uh, family grieve and we'll pay our respects, and well, then we'll uh, go back to being politicians because they don't think. They, they they just don't think about uh, what they're doing, you know the impact on the family, uh, the 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 impact, and just, and just sort of the whole perception. It, it's it's like grandma isn't isn't even dead yet, is is isn't even in the ground yet, and we're already fighting over the silverware. Mm. Yeah, that just seems like creepy I mean, maybe and tacky. Pe- maybe these people need classes or something. I I don't know. I mean, it just seems pretty straightforward. But yeah. And, and by the way, uh, just so John Jacob knows if he's listening. <laughs> Uh, John Jacob does not have a whole lot of support right now either. Well, because of that, or because and, of other things, uh, all all of the above. But, okay. th- but this really turned a lot of a lot of precinct committee people off. Mm-hmm. It really did. All right, uh, that's your last word for today because I got out of here without fighting with you, which was my whole goal of this entire segment. <laughs> so what? What? You're not working this weekend. You're doing nothing to help the radio station. Um, I'm going to. Um, va- I'm taking my wife on vacation this weekend. We're going to Gatlinburg. So yay. So I can go by the the old Confederate souvenir shop and pick up lots of Confederate things. I'm hoping for a white flag of surrender to, to walk away with when it's all said and done. So you're, there is no show this weekend? Uh, there's a show this weekend, but oh. I will not be on it. What, is somebody working for you? Yes. I don't know who, but... Wow, boy. You always just have the radio station in front of mind. I mean, I just uh, I can't say enough great things about you. Uh, would you like to promote IndiePolitics.org then? Uh, sure, IndiePolitics.org. Uh, follow us on Twitter, IndiePoliticsORG, and our poll results uh, are out Monday morning. All right, the one and only Bill Gibbs Shabazz. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, thank you, uh, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thanks for listening today. That's going to do it for us. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.